Another episode of Real Education, the, the musical. musical. Sam and I were kind of together. Kind of. <laughs> Eventually, it's going to call, come together, and yeah. coalesce three years down the line. But wait for it; it's going to be magical wait when it for, happens. Wait for. So, <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Wendy, joined as always by I'm Vinny and Mike. And this this episode for this week. We are going back into the Fossy Pocalypse. Fossy, Fossy, Fossy. Boom, boom, boom. Um, so Fossy Burden is going to be coming out later this yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> we are all excited. Sooner than later. Here in Jazz Handia, the citizens of Jazz Handia are super stoked. <laughs> so by the time you hear this, it will have been out for two months. <laughs> probably. Yes. And that's fine. That's fine. So we decided that we're going to do a deep dive and really commit to going through some of the Fossy catalog. So we did Kiss Me Kate, which was his film debut. Well, kind of, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, that's where Fosse put himself on the map yep. mm-hmm. in, in film and in choreography. So now we're going to follow up with his second, perf- the next film performance that he gave after that, which in terms of his actual, what he was doing, it's very convoluted. We'll get into that later, but we're going to watch My Sister Eileen. So what do you two dudes know about that? Um... At this point, the title, and that he appears in it, <laughs> and something about it being in rain, I think, if I remember y'all talking about it right. No. No? He, he misheard that. Okay. It's okay. I know nothing about it, and I'm super excited. Yeah, I know uh, there's the alley dance. That's yeah. what it was. That is oh, amazing. Like, it's... I'm a little disappointed a that uh, I have already watched uh, it, so <laughs> I'm not going to get a watch. You watch it for the first time, but um, I've got Vinny for I, that Yeah, too. I'm and pure I know, virgin for this one. I can't remember now who it is he's dancing with in it, but it's definitely a we-know-him person. Uh, yeah, it's an alum from Kiss Me Kate. Yeah. It is reuniting him with Tommy Rawl. Tommy Rawl, that's who Ooh, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the real springy guy from yeah, Kiss yeah, Me yeah. Kate. The, the guy who, boy. The guy who, when he comes into that... The uh, number with the Fosse dance comes in like 12 feet up in the <laughs> right. air. Yeah. Yeah. What I'd like to do is swing in like Tarzan. Yes. Whee! And then just land light as a feather. Oh, perfectly, Dink. yeah. And then I'm going to dance around gracefully and be sexy and amazing and leap out. like that. Yep, that's Tommy Roll. So the one thing I will say without giving too much away about it that's really, really cool about that dance is... Watching him with that style versus Fosse with his style. So when we see them together, it's going to be very interesting because they're doing the same moves, but a lot of the time, but they look completely different doing them, and it's fucking okay. phenomenal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there's, you're going to be excited for one of the actresses, Mike. I'm pointing at Mike. Um, Mike <laughs> is going to be excited for one of the actresses. Um, I'm not. I'm. Is waiting. it Brunhilde Esther Hazy? Yes, it is. <laughs> Is it really? It is. <laughs> it's Betty Garrett who nice. plays Hell yeah. Well, just That was my go-to. So. <laughs> yes. You are correct. So, um, yeah, it's our cabbie from On the Town Fuck yeah. is playing the title role. I was going to say, she better be. <laughs> uh, it's a fascinating movie in that 
the cast outside of Tommy Rawl and Bob Fosse, they're and I mean Betty Garrett too a little bit. Um, you're like, wait, is this a musical? <laughs> because it's Jack Lemmon and Janet Lee. Oh, what the fuck? Okay. I don't know if I'm disappointed or not that I know that now instead of it being a surprise. But But, yeah, it doesn't matter. It it was too good to just get that right on, like to hear your reactions when I said what I wanted. Not not where I thought you were Um, going. Okay. What was I going to ask you? I don't remember now. So when this is still like 50s? Oh, great. I left my notes downstairs. That's fine. Um, <laughs> we'll have the answer after the jump. Um, well, Kiss Me Kate was 53, so I think right. this might be... I, mean, well, I think this is about 56 or 57. Okay. Okay. Wait, Mike's checking. Mike's got his phone out. Uh, 55. 55. Oh, okay. There we go. So real quick. Okay. Okay. And uh, so, yeah. So we're going to go watch My Sister Eileen. Which, listeners, I got it from the library. Beautiful. Um, It is a lesser-known one, a little bit harder to come by, but at the same time, it's not like I had to... I went on my library and they had it. It, Had you asked me earlier what we were watching tonight, I was prepared, fully prepared to say, come on, Eileen, and I thought (laughs) I was going to be right, even though I knew that that's... (laughs) I'm glad you said it first. Come on, Eileen. Oh, that's what I've, I've had that song, song comes from. I've yeah. had that song in my head all day because of this. I episode. cannot with you guys. All right, let's go watch this movie. There's Midnight Runner in this movie. <laughs> all right, let's go watch this movie. Hurry up, will you? Can I speak to your sister, Eileen? She's not in. Uh, hello? Is your sister, Eileen, home? Call back later. Hello. I want to speak to your sister Eileen, please. She's not home. Oh, well, you have any idea when she'll be back? No. Everybody wants to see my sister Eileen. Well, you can't really blame them. Oh, hello, my name is Jack Lemon. Just about everybody here is trying to get a date with Eileen, you see. Would you like to meet her? Did I get the... They wanted to know if I stripped. Mr. Baker. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I don't know you, do I? A lot of girls come in on the store since I've been working there. Never one like Eileen. I'll never forget the first time she came in the store. Wow. I was feeling the sugar can... Well, good evening, Miss Sherwood. Oh, Mr. Baker. Yeah. Fancy meeting you here. Give me a band and my baby And an orchestration for the syncopation With a real sensational beat (laughs) 
sure you want to publish my stories, or is this a package deal? My sister Eileen. That's how delightful that was. Yeah, that movie was fucking charming. <laughs> oh, God, yay! Yay! Because it's a lesser-known one, and I always worry, because it's, you know, it's not like, holy shit balls. Right. Sh shirt balls. Um, so it's always great when people see the things in it that I like, too. Um, so, yeah, tell me tell me what you thought of it. Like, give me some reactions. Oh, it's, it's fun. It's uh, Betty Garrett fucking rules in this movie. <laughs> I think it was... Oh, she it starts out strong, and she's, like, the best part. It wasn't far in that I was like, gosh, she rules in this. Yeah. Um, I think it was during her first song. Yeah, it was, um, like, the first number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which she sings a lot in this, which is good because she's great. <laughs> um, also because, I guess they just were like, Janet Lee doesn't need to sing. Uh, <laughs> she can dance surprisingly well. We yes. talked about that while we were watching it, but... Um, but yeah, Betty Garrett does pretty much. If there's a woman singing, it's it's her. Mm-hmm. Um, Fosse's good in it. Tommy Rawls good in it. Jack, uh, Jack Lemon is surprisingly like fucking seventeen or something in this movie. <laughs> well, he's yeah. actually thirty, but he looks so young. Oh, he's such a baby face. Yeah, and he's so fucking charming that you yeah. don't even mind. He's totally being like yeah, a he's sexual he's predator. Super <laughs> rapey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. It's a lot, um, but I, he, he, it's for the era. He does take no for, to me no. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, well, he's better than Tommy Rawl. Oh, for sure. Like grabs her from behind. Yeah, and like maneuvers to get to get her that out. That was real creepy. Okay, so um, here's here's the interesting DNA of this movie. So uh, Ruth, uh, it's it, her name was actually uh, Ruth McKenney, was the actual author, mm -hmm. and she was a real person who wrote about her real sister, sister Eileen, and these were based on real life. Oh really? Oh, um, okay. And she, they were published in um, one of the local newspapers, uh, the New Yorker, and they were very popular, and they got made into a play, a Broadway play that had Rosalind Russell in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not Jane Russell. Not Jane Russell. <laughs> Rosalind Russell. That play was successful. Here's what's interesting. That's a joke for literally only the people in this room. <laughs> <laughs> um, side note: the director of this movie was in the original production of that Broadway play. Oh. Yeah, he was. Um, who did he play in it? I I wrote this down. Shit, I wrote it down. I don't have it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I might find it later. Uh, so they turned the music, the play, into a, a Broadway musical called. Wonderful Town that mm -hmm. had Rosalind Russell in it again. Um, oh, before, so they turned it into a, a musical, and then they made a movie of that musical called Wonderful Town with Rosalind Russell in it. And then Columbia still had the, Columbia turned the play into a film called My Sister Eileen. That was the original play name. Mm -hmm. Columbia turned the play into a film called My Sister Eileen. In and the they place. had the rights to that, yeah. and they decided they wanted to make that into a musical. <laughs> <laughs> I 
if if you're following along. Now, getting the rights to turn Wonderful Town into a musical a second time was way too expensive. So they decided, fuck that. We're just going to go back to the play and we're going to have somebody else just write new music. Because well, uh, the original Compton and Green did the music yes. for the, the 40s Bernstein. One. It was Bernstein who did the music and Compton and, and Green. Green did the lyrics, yeah. yeah. Now, that said, the person who wrote the music for this was Julie Stein, who did the music for, you know, Gypsy and Funny Girl. Yeah. So And the music in this is wonderful. It's so good. It's really good, yeah. So it's this weird thing of, it's my sister Eileen, but it's wonderful town. Yeah. It's the same fucking musical, except it's not. And, oh, and there's a little bit of weird Hollywoodism in that the reason they wanted to turn it into a movie was so they could grab Judy Holliday, who is currently, if I read it right, doing Wonderful Town on Broadway. They were like, oh, we want to get Judy Holliday to come star in this movie. By the time... and. By the time they got everything worked out, Judy Holiday was doing something else. They're like, oh, well, what about Rosalind Russell? No, she was doing something else, so that's how Betty Garrett got the role. Well, I'm glad she did. Right? Because she's so uh, great. Who was also, uh, she had basically, this is her first movie since On the Town, uh, six years earlier. Um, she had basically not had a career because her husband uh, was blacklisted. Hmm. Um, by the House on American Activities. Yeah. Uh, shit. Yeah. It ruined her career. Love them. So it destroyed her career, and then she got to be in this, and that's what kind of springboarded her back into later life stuff, like um, that Laverne one TV and Shirley. Show. Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. yeah. And all the family. All in the family. She had a role yeah. on that too. Yeah. Um, like listeners, if you're my age or anywhere in that, like. You recognize Betty Garrett's face. You're like, ah, she was in stuff. I didn't pick her out from uh, On the Town, but definitely in this one, as soon as she came on screen, I was like, that's where I know her from. I was like, she is the landlady on Laverne and Shirley. Got it. <laughs> also, the other TV DNA we get is we get Dick York. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> the original Darren Durwood from Bewitched. And he's... His one outfit. He's so charming, though. He's only wearing <laughs> gray well, sweatpants. Well, 90% sweatshirt. of the time he's wearing gray sweatpants and a gray sweatshirt. And then the one scene that he's not, he's in white boxers and a white, like, t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because he's the wreck. Not wreck. Yeah, the wreck. The, the wreck. wreck. Yeah. Because he's a, a, pro, a pro football player and a wrestler. Why'd you get fired? Overacting. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. But what I love about his performance is I, I grew up watching him on Bewitched where he's, you know, anxious and mm. nervous and wound up. And in this, he's just so fucking chill. He's just like, hey, so I'm the wreck. I'm just going to walk through your apartment. But if you need anything, just let me know. I'm really good at ironing. Yeah. No sewing though, because that's what that's work. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that they play that for the joke. Because here's a man. I'll go to the grocery store for you. I'm a good cook. I do the ironing. I do the laundry. But no sewing. Yeah, yeah. that's crossing the line. <laughs> and then he's over there with the ironing board. How? Which way do you want the pleats pressed? <laughs> love it. Um, what about you, Vinny? What did what stood out to you? Um. Well, yeah, I mean, I like we talked about, I mean, just her, Garrett, just right, right from the beginning, I mean, she's just charming, and then she just kind of carries it, and I love how put upon she is, but, like, I don't I mean, just throughout how, how they play it, kind of, as a joke, but, I don't know, I also, I, we were talking about 
this is now always going to be a prequel to On the Town for me. <laughs> well, it ends with a bunch of yeah. sailors. Oh, a bunch of sailors I mean, I, I made a joke because they're like, oh, they're new to New York, and it's like, oh, she's going to get a job as a cab driver, but then it ends with her literally like running into a, a gaggle of sailors <laughs> yeah, who are <laughs> all getting leave. off the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure leave. It's yeah. not wrong. Okay, so the briefly the plot... Uh, Ruth and her sister come from Columbus, Ohio to make it in the big city. Ruth wants to be a writer, and Eileen wants to be an actress. And they are looking for a place in Greenwich Village. They run into a dude, Papa Apopolis. Papa Apopolis. Who's like, no, I got a place for you. And he shows them into this basement apartment that's just a fucking dump. And there's a lot of great comedy that happens there. And the two of them go out and try to make their way. Uh... Eileen is told you should check variety for the audition. So she goes into a drugstore to, to buy the variety and runs into the soda, the fountain manager, Frank, Frank Lippincott, played by Bob Fussy. Fussy, Fussy, Fussy. Uh, Robert Fussy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's Credited as Robert. <laughs> Dance is choreographed by Robert Fossey. What the fuck? Um, who's that guy? Yeah. Uh, and, he, and, of course, every man that sees Eileen, that's the whole premise. She's so beautiful. Nobody even notices Ruth. Everybody falls all over themselves because Eileen. So Frank, the manager's like, hey, I hear, I hear a lot about the showbiz in here. Stop by every day for lunch, and I can tell you what I hear and... And then I get to see he you every day. He does it in like a very creepy way. He's he's a little creepy, but it, I will say in his case it's more awkward creepy. Sure, oh yeah, yeah. I'll the real creepy comes later. Ooh, yeah. Um. So that's what's going on with Eileen. Ruth is trying to make a connection that her editor back in Columbus gave her a letter of introduction to Bob Barker Baker Baker, Baker. Bob Baker, played by Jack Lemon, and. He's like, oh yeah, you you sent your stuff ahead. It's real old lady spinster stuff. I, I honestly, you look nothing like I pictured. I pictured you, and she's like, what, frustrated? <laughs> On the record, I never said frustrated. <laughs> I love their like all of their banter. Like every time the two of them are on, they're screen really together. good together. Oh like, yeah, the chemistry is really good, and the dialogue is so like snappy that it's just they play really well off each other. Um, so that's the basic premise. Uh, eventually Eileen gets introduced to Chick, who is Tommy Rawl, and Chick is on a the... Creeposaurus. A horn dog, yeah. Yeah, he's a Creeposaurus. They, uh, and Bob is like, oh, you finally wrote something good about your sister Eileen. This is real. See, I can tell this is real. Whoever this... Your sister clearly, like, I, I'm fear, I'm curious about her. I'd love to meet her. And, of course, Ruth's just like, of course you fucking want to meet her. <laughs> yeah. wants me. And so she lies. She's like, I'm Eileen. Fuck you. Yeah, and Ruth he, says, I, have a, I really have a sister. And then he looks at her all different, like, I just then bet you. Then he's immediately ready to bone down. <laughs> yeah. You saucy minx, I yeah. bet you are. Uh, so now she's lying to him. They all end up going out to dinner, and they run into Bob, and he's like, I can see you're out having adventures. And there's some shenanigans and drinking, and a great number with Foss, with Fossey and Tommy Rawl, Janet Lee, and uh, Betty Garrett. It's super delightful. And then Bob's like, oh, I'll publish your story. Come over to my place for dinner. What happened? Oh, and then 
while she's having dinner and he's putting the make on Ruth, she she's saying goodbye? What happened there? I don't remember the timing mm-hmm. on that. Is that when... Because she comes back from her dinner and she's sad. Oh, because... Fosse declared his love, and they had a sweet little dance oh, duet. Yeah, yeah. And then the wreck, who's hiding in their kitchen, <laughs> yeah, because his, his uh, fiance's mother is coming to stay with them, but she doesn't know that they live together, or that but, apparently her daughter's even engaged. Yeah, so the wreck has to go hide out in the basement with them. And so the wreck pops his head. I'm like, this guy bothering you? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he in your kitchen? Frank Livencott. Ah, you're some sort of bohemian. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> so, it busted in the lobby by him. Tying it together, hey And and then Chick pulls a ploy. He calls. Oh hi, I'm the editor of the paper that Chick works for, and I want to send Ruth on an assignment. And he does that just to get Ruth out of the house so he can come make put the moves on Eileen. And Eileen is like, Ah, get off me, Wreck help! Wreck comes in, and so let's all pause. Darren Stevens of Bewitched comes in and physically threatens Tommy Rawl to where he leaves. Yeah. And right, it's yeah. believable. I bought it. Yeah. Yeah, but it it just cracks me up. I'm yeah. So oh, for sure. And. So, and then she goes off to get this human interest story, which it was a real assignment. It's just that it was supposed to be chicks, and he said, you go do it instead. And it's to go get a human interest story from a bunch of sailors on shore leave, and then shenanigans ensue. Yeah, they all chase her back to her, to the apartment. Um, she loses most of them on the subway. Which <laughs> Except is a they start to really like. And so there's only about ten or so that, fall, that initially come back. Um, and then they do this whole number inside the place that's delightful. <laughs> then a police officer shows up. One cop showed up to this, by the way, <laughs> yeah. and apparently arrested a... everybody. Yeah. And it is oh, turned into a party, too, because like all these people start filtering in from the street. Because look, they're having some sort of dance yeah. party. Let's join in. And it now is... it's like 50 people. One cop's like, all of you go to jail. And they're all like... <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. And then, uh, so they're in jail, and uh, the wreck is trying to get his uh, his fiance free, and the cops like, no, 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 I can't. And then the whatever Brazilian. Guy, yeah, yeah. Whatever the guy from the Brazilian. Are, the sailors Navy. are Brazilian, and they don't speak yeah. English. So he co- uh, he comes in, and he has like an order to basically set everybody free from it. So they're gonna just let everybody go, and. Uh, the wreck gets his fiance, but manages to leave it, leave her <laughs> mother in, which is a really funny detail. And then everybody gets to go, and then they're uh, all of the like our main characters are leaving, and they walk past uh, the Brazilian guy, which has our favorite line in the movie, <laughs> which is where he goes, "Where are my naughty boys?" <laughs> uh, you are all free to go. We are somewhere. so sorry. Now, where are my naughty boys? <laughs> It's so great. Uh, and then, so then they um, they go back to their apartment. Yep. And Bob shows up because when he put the make on her and implied, if you sleep with me, I'll publish your story. And he's like, what? Uh, I just want, like, Eileen's clearly been putting out and you've told me that you're Eileen. And she's like, how dare you think that about Eileen? Eileen is nothing like that. You've completely misread the kind of person she is. And he's just like, oh, 
I thought this was just going to be, you can see as she runs off, he's having this thing of like, well, I thought this was just going to be a little cheap bone down, but apparently you have quality, so now I'm absolutely madly in love with you. So he shows up to be like, hi, I'm absolutely madly in love with you, and I'm going to publish your story. You don't have to bone me, but you really should. And so they smooch Arama, and he's like, I love you. You're beautiful. And she's like, what? Me? Beautiful? Come here and let me give you something. Uh, and then Fosse shows up with chocolates. They're on special. And not the cover cherries, right? That's that shot though of them through the window. <laughs> uh, so they have this like sort of uh, this double window thing. There's no actual window there. It's pretty much just a grate. Um, and then they shoot it through that, and you see Janet Lee in the front, and then you just see Fosse like behind her over he her shoulder. He steps into frame behind. <laughs> Straight her. up looks like he's gonna murder her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's like. Hi, I'm Bob Fosse. I'm very meek and unassuming, and I yeah. brought you chocolates. Oh, I love you, too. So they're back together. And then the Portuguese come back in with, uh, we have an announcement. Uh, we're so sorry about the trouble we put you through, so here's a medal. Sorry for chasing you home, I <laughs> or guess. Or something. Like, it was yeah. very, it's very odd. Here's a medal. Make a speech. I don't know why you're giving me a medal. All I said was conga. hey <laughs> Which is what triggered off the, the first thing, yeah. And so they all have a conga, and that's the end, and it's just... Yeah, it ends, like, right in the middle of the conga. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, I guess oh, everything's resolved. Like, that same cop is going to show back <laughs> up and arrest all of them. And it's just going to turn into a vicious circle. Yeah. <laughs> Those Brazilians are never getting home. It's like Groundhog Day. Just right. Every day they wake up and they end up in a conga line again. What the fuck? <laughs> um, so that's the basic run-through, but in the meantime, let's see... It opens with a song, but the first real song is Betty Garrett singing yes. her song about just nobody. It's really just <laughs> setting up the yeah me. the premise okay, of like so like in that the scene I think preceding yes it's a scene right before that leads into that um, is where she's talking to Janet Lee and Janet this is like one of my favorite lines of the movie is where Janet Lee's like uh, what is it like you're prettier than you think you are. I think she says, and she goes, "No, I'm prettier than men think I am." <laughs> yes, you're more attractive like, than you think you are. More, more attractive. attractive than men think I am. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of that. Uh, the other really good Betty Garrett line is like, "Their um, basement apartment sucks," and she's trying to go to, and they're trying to go to bed for the night, and she's uh, she's like, "Sweet dreams are." are Oh, no, 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 they're having, like, a bad night, like, What's like the getting first, into yeah, it. She's like, yeah, night. let's go to bed. Hopefully we'll have a sweet nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> That'll improve things. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, can't wait to have a nice, pleasant nightmare yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we get that first song. Yeah. All I can think when the drunks... So this basement apartment, which is their window, which is above, at their head height, is... Ground street level, level yeah. so you're yep. always seeing legs go by. Because it's summer, they don't have the windows up. So there's just oh I just thought there wasn't a window there yeah it's like there's just no there's if they had it if they had it closed it'd be too hot gotcha and okay. so they don't have screens yeah so when the drunks start coming by that first night all I can think is you know at some point some drunk just pissed right in that oh I thought sure. the exact same thing <laughs> yeah like you just know it and there there's so much shenanigans about. The light switch doesn't actually work. They have to turn off each light individually. Yes. 
and she goes to peek out the window, and that's when the street washer goes <laughs> by and splooshes her in the face. Bossy also. It happens to him later. The doorknob doesn't get fixed, and then and then there's the part where the wreck when they first meet the wreck, and he literally just walks in. He's like, "Oh, sorry, I was gonna do laundry," <laughs> and it never gets never, explained. Yeah, like, like nope. do you do the laundry in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Are we living in the laundry room? He goes in that whole story about uh, you learn his back backstory about they never explain where yeah, he's going. Like, like being engaged but not living together or like op- opposite schedules he's like okay well I'll come back and do laundry later bye and like <laughs> uh, so he's just taking a shortcut to get out to the garden through their apartment basically okay that makes sense okay yeah I, because like, we do see him a lot in the like garden out there like and let's doing like, laundry practicing to his wrestling sneak moves. up on that punching bag yeah <laughs> the, uh, I do the, love that his fiance keeps <laughs> placing yeah. it on him it's they do it multiple times, and it made me laugh every time. Every time, that like the apartment's shitty, but that garden area was. It was really sweet. nice. Like, yeah, I I would pay money. I would, and that studio was enormous. Like sixty five bucks a month or whatever. I've been in New York studios, and that is bigger. Like yeah. that's that's almost Friends level of big. Like yeah. for what you're calling that a studio. Um, so, and then they have... Still the, not as big as the London Rent, though. <laughs> God. The entire floor. Yeah. Uh, and, uh... And they paid zero for that. Right. How we gonna pay? Um, the next song, they're leaving the next day to go out and find work, and they have a song with Wreck, Dick York, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, and with Papa Apopolis. Papa Apopolis. Of I'm Great... But no one knows it. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, they're just trying to help him, like be confident. Like you need to be confident and just I'm great, and it's super cute. And they play it off really, yeah, like. And then they do so some jazz squares like, as they escort them to the to the subway, and I've got to say, Janet Lee, Janet Lee moves really well. well. I, yeah. I I would not look at her and go, that girl can't dance. Right. But Betty Garrett is just better like she's just well she's so expressive and like, her she's yeah. just got that finishing touch of how she moves and the way her like she finishes her hands and her feet yeah i love her i wish she'd done more fuck you house and american activities committee yeah what else is the next number Are you looking it up that's what i'm looking at right now uh so that was i'm great and there's nothing like love there's nothing Betty oh that, that's Lee. skipping way ahead when um like, yeah, there's a pretty big stretch without break, any music. Yeah, it's actually just story. I'm only seeing like one, two, I think three, there's only like four, six five, songs. Six songs. Yeah. And one of them is conga. <laughs> <laughs> but that's in the major dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, this doesn't list that. We doesn't list the uh, the alley dance. Um, obviously, because it's not like a song. It's just a dance number. Mm-hmm. Um which we'll come, we'll circle back to that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll spend that. some time on that That's one. thing. <laughs> so the, the, the love song is, is Eileen explaining just, I, being in love is great. Why do you never, you've never been in love and you seem to not want to be in love. Oh, You're so yeah, cynical yeah. about love, but love is great. I should know, I've done it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we get Jack Lemmon's song. Where he's putting the moves on her. It's bigger than you and me. This is bigger than you and me. Hey, yo. You mean this penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the terms of his agreement. Yeah, the terms of his agreement. <laughs> Raspberries! 
What was? What was? There was a. It was at the end when when he uh, he comes back around to like tell her that he's, he's madly in love with her, but he, and that he's going to print the story. He's like, like yeah. if you agree to my terms, and that was Mike leaned over. He's like, the terms is his penis. <laughs> because of course Mike did. And so, oh, before um, it's bigger than you and me. They went out dancing, and that's when we get the bandstand song. Oh, yeah. Um, these are these probably songs yeah. in order. Uh, yeah. uh, where, give Me Abandon My Baby. Yeah. Right. That's a great number. That one is it's um, so ridiculous. It starts out dumb and stays dumb the whole way, but like in the best way. Cause but, I mean, Fosse plays a mean fake trombone. Yeah. So there's, he does. He really did. Uh, there, uh, she, Betty, Betty Garrett, one yeah. of them hands... Um, yeah, she starts it. Yeah, hands. Because she's drunk. Fosse's drunk. Fosse's tipsy, but Betty Garrett is drunk. And she's like, oh, look, a bandstand. And then they start talking about, I played the cymbals. You were a drum majorette. And Fosse's like, I played trombone. Yeah, and and Tommy Roll's like, I never played anything. They're like, here, we'll teach you. And so she mimes this giant bass and hands it to him. A bass fiddle. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> uh, she, uh, Janet Lee has mimed the drum. drum. And then, uh, yeah, Fosse has the mime trombone, and then she has cymbals. And so it's literally just them. Eventually, like, music comes in, but the beginning of it is just, uh, you know, boom, 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 boom for the bass. Ching! And then, then, yeah, Fosse does the really great trombone. And then at the end of of each sort of little phrase of music, you get uh, Betty Garrett do the... Ching! She's hitting me. And turns to the camera, like, shit-eating grin. And just like, ching! And this mugging face. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. Oh, she's having a great time. And it turns into a really fun dance that's got Fosse DNA. It's fucking... Oh, yeah. It's weird. (laughs) But fun. (laughs) Like, but it's... What I like about it is... And you can see it a little bit in Conga, but in this one in particular is you start seeing his interest in tiny little movements yeah. that um, are very rhythm-based. And you also see it in when Fosse and Janet Lee have their little love duet oh, later, yeah. Oh, yeah. and they're dancing. He's a very interested little, like, in rhythms yeah. Yeah, with a lot of snapping and clapping and tiny movements and syncopation that it's not full-on Fosse, but you're like, yep, that's... That's where he's headed. Moving, yeah, moving that direction. That's him sending himself a postcard. Hey, by the way, you should come visit someday. And Janet Lee like taps and shit. She does. Yeah. Like she looks good. She yeah. should because Fosse gave her a lot of private <laughs> lessons. Yeah. A lot of one on one. We heard. Yeah. Um. So. With his penis. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, the the Fosse Verdon miniseries that's going to come out is based on a biography of Fosse by Sam Wasson, which I have in my hand right here, Mm -hmm. because of course I do. And um, according to this biography, yeah, Fosse was totally having an affair. I should be more clear. Janet Lee was having an affair with Fosse. Fosse... He would have been married. I think he was still married to Joan McCracken at this point. But yeah, Tony Curtis was getting a little annoyed apparently, because it was... Pretty clear. Fosse uh, was a ladies' man, if you hadn't quite figured that out. Right. Uh, if you can move like that. Well, he also, you can see his aw shucks quality. No, I know. He's, oh, for sure. And he's got that, yeah. He's so boyish and charming that he could get away with blatantly putting a come on, and it never was offensive. Like, 
literally, I'm just going to pull my penis out and you're either going to suck it or laugh at me. And in either case, you're not going to be mad at me. You're just going to be like, Bob, what the hell? Stop it. Don't, or, don't do yeah, that. Come yeah. on in. <laughs> no one should do that. <laughs> well, it was. Louis C.K. Right <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a different time, right. and but it is problematic in terms of the power structures he was taking advantage of. But everybody liked him. Like that's what I really read when I read this biography. Is he was just so aw shucks. Um, and in this time, I should be clear in this time, when he got later in life, he turned into much more of the... Creeper? Auteur. Mm, that's I'm, a good word for it. No, not the creeper. <laughs> I wasn't talking about the sex, I was talking about his personality. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but that was, uh, he was on drugs by that point. Yeah. So that was part of it. Um, so yeah, you guys... Talk a little bit or else I'll just keep going on Fosse, which I have more and we'll come back to it. But let's talk about the alley dance then. The alley dance. The alley dance is delight. So I saw the alley dance on a, there's like an interview I was watching with Gwen Burden um, where she was talking about Fosse. Um, this was after he died. And it was really, really great. I'll have to find it and, and put it in the show notes because it's wonderful. And she started talking about how, like, basically his whole thing was that, like, he never felt he was good enough. And so that's why he is so perfect and, like, he's such a perfectionist is because it's the, like, total insecurity of him coming out that he has to be perfect. And so she starts off talking about Kiss Me Kate and, and obviously we've covered all of that. Um, and then the next one she goes into is this one and they showed it in full and I was just like, what? Is this, um, without the, it makes more sense in the context of the movie. You kind of get just watching it isolated that, like, him and Tommy Roll are competing, but you don't understand why. Because um, it pretty much just starts at them doing the hat, like right. the clip that I saw. Um, but what's great about it um, is, well, I mean, everything, but, uh, <laughs> like, it's just, it's really cool because you get Tommy Rawl, who is, I mean, it's all ballet from him and then you have Fosse's just weird stance like I don't even know how to describe he's hunched he's, yeah he's hunched over he's not I mean but it's all, also like yeah it's Tommy like super is, relaxed and like I don't know it's Tommy Roll is taller than him to begin with but like he looks the height disparity looks even more so because he's a ballet dancer so he's very uh, straight and uh, Fosse's jazz. Like very yeah. <laughs> it's the jazz contraction. Yeah. Um, and Fosse was very physically self-conscious. He was a small, skinny little dude who was already but losing he's also his hair. All legs. Yeah. It's really weird because I'm like he's short, but he also has crazy long legs. <laughs> and I mean, he keeps up with Tommy Rawl oh, just sure. fine. Tommy oh, can Tommy absolutely. edges him out just in pure athleticism but the difference is literally like six inches yeah and when you when you see their build differential you're like you must be fucking strong Fosse, because you don't look like you have enough muscle mass to do what you just did well and they so they start off with like they're playing with their hats um it's a challenge dance if you know what that is yeah yeah so you do it i do it yeah you want up me so it starts off with the hat thing and then tommy roll pulls out a like his handkerchief and rolls it up and jump ropes over it. 
and he does this crazy high dance, uh, jump on it, and you're like, what the fuck? And crazy high like, jump twice, where it's like, under, like he goes over oh, it, and then right back. And then back. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. And then you're like, oh, Fosse's going to do that? And then he does, <laughs> and it's still, a, you're still like, oh, I didn't think you were going to jump, like, it's surprising enough seeing Tommy Rawl do it, but like we know that's kind of what he is. Seeing Bob Fosse do it, you're like, holy shit, he can jump too. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of flippy boys going yeah. to town. Yeah. And they just start escalating. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this amazing leap. I'm going to do this amazing leap. Okay, let's do these steps together in unison. And there's and Tommy even a point. like, okay, I'm just going to spin 17 times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And well, that's after I know, Fosse that's does, the end. Well, that's also after Fosse, Fosse, Fosse does, does that the windmill thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Windmill he does that, and then right after that is when Tommy Rawl does like this insane spin. <laughs> well, and that's right after they're sitting there. They both flip their coins, and it's to decide, okay, who goes next? Yes. Right. Okay, I guess I go next. I'll go. I'll get up and do all this shit, and. It escalates, it's amazing, and it's so much fun watching the two dance together because you... Fosse choreographed it. Yeah. Like, he choreographed it, so he's putting these steps on Tommy Rawl. And you can see that he's... But he's not going full Fosse on it. But there are little things in there that are much more Fosse style, and when they do them together, you can see Tommy Rawl is doing the step, but Bob Fosse is is the step. And right, just yeah. when they're right next to each other, it's not that Tommy Rawls doing it wrong, but when Bob Fosse does it, there's an inherent it slinky. Just, yeah, it doesn't look natural or as natural when Tommy does it. Everything looks it's all so like, legit. Yeah, it's all straight lines and precision and like it looks fucking great, but it's clearly not him that, like it's not there's his There's one part, so like, there's like a little, I guess it's like almost like a dumpster thing that's in the back. And we, ju- I think Jenny had just said something about how, like, we talked about in uh, Kiss Me Kate about how slithery he is. She was like, he's not really that here. And then he just kind of, like, makes this weird, yeah, yeah <laughs> slithery shape up to the side of it. And then he comes around to the front of it, and that's when Tommy Rawl, like, jumps over him. And I love that part because he jumps over him, and then he starts dancing. And that's when uh, Fosse jumps up onto the thing and starts like clapping and cheering for him and I <laughs> yeah. think that part's really cool um, they do this I mean dance is just crazy and you should go watch it um, but it looks like it's about over <laughs> yeah. and then they both just like st- okay so also one thing to note I didn't notice how many cuts there are but there's not a lot yeah it's filmed it's almost one long cut right. until the end when they clearly cut in on the two of them, and that's what makes you kind of think the dance is over. They both look at each other, kind of laugh, and then both do a fucking backflip together. Yeah, just like standing. They back do flip. a backflip and then immediately fall under their knees, and it's in a in a huge like finish pose. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, what he's doing is trying. Bob Fosse, so to give you a sense of what had been going on, he did Kiss Me Kate, which got him the job on the Pajama Game on Broadway, which got him fucking noticed the pajama game led to damn yankees on broadway that's where he first worked with gwen verdon and Mm -hmm. there's a whole story there we'll get into when we cover the the, we cover damn yankees but because he started earning all these tonys on broadway hollywood was like oh wait we let you go did you want to come back and they offered him a picture deal to come back and he was like "Mm, i don't know if i want a whole package i'll do one 
I'm a little concerned because the writing was on the wall that the musical was going out. And he's and he was like, ah, I don't know. So they they were they he's like, I'll do one. And so he agreed to come back and choreograph. And they specifically wanted him to come choreograph musicals, not direct them, not be right. them, just choreograph. Mm -hmm. And so he agreed to do choreograph my sister Eileen. The actor who had been hired to be Frank Lippincott had to leave the picture, and Fosse was like, I could do it. And <laughs> he really, honest to God, thought that this was going to be his chance to break through, to be the star he really wanted to be, to be the next fucking Fred Astaire. He thought, like, this was his last best chance. And he's not wrong, it was his last best chance, but it yeah. demonstrated it was never going to happen. He's not a leading man. Yeah. He, he's just not. He's too unassuming on film. Tommy Rawl walks in and you immediately go, who's that? This guy can dance, but that guy I want to watch. Yeah. So knowing all that, when he started to put these dances together, in particular this dance, this is him showing, I can do your classic Fred Astaire slash Gene Kelly big dance number. It looks like a Gene Kelly number. It's filmed like a Fred Astaire number. And yet Bob Fosse is slithering, slithering yeah. around the edges like, but what if we did this? Even stuff that all, that is absolutely Gene Kelly moves, like uh, where they where they take their hats and put it over their face yeah, and like, kind of like uh -huh. turn it like this as they shuffle along. That's such a Gene Kelly move. But like the way that he do, I don't know how he does it, but you're still like, yeah, you're doing a Gene Kelly move, but you still look like Bob Fosse doing a Gene Kelly movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to quote from the book because this is perfect. There's a whole paragraph specifically about the alley dance. Nice. Um, and this is, Tommy Rawl said this, Fosse was determined to make memorable dances. He was determined to make them a cut above what Hollywood was doing and he tore himself apart trying to do it. He tore us apart. We'd go over the number again and again until it was absolutely perfect. That's what Tommy Rawl said about working with him. Yeah. So it took the better part of two weeks to rehearse and film just the alley dance. It was the centerpiece, and Fosse made it into a challenge dance, laced and laced it with his own insecurities. Pitting himself against Rawl, he wagered his self-perceived deficits against one of moviedom's most accomplished ballet dancers. Could jazz beat ballet? The dance asked. Could showbiz take on real grace? To level the playing field, he added echoes from Steam Heat, which he'd already choreographed for Pajama Game, like hat tricks and nods to Chaplin and Jimmy Durante, whose signature walks gave Fosse and Raw another means of competition. So that's how they describe the alley dance in here, and they're, yeah. they're really not wrong. Yeah. And this is where he got his first taste of directing because the director, Richard Quine, actually let him direct the dances mm -hmm. he got he he let him stage them for the camera and direct the camera too and he, and he did a really great job blake edwards who's the one of the writers on the film was like how do you already know what to do and he's like i don't know what i'm doing he's like you're fucking doing it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah blake edwards by the way wrote the script you know no big deal right nbd yeah we all know who that is right blake edwards husband of julie andrews oh yeah, 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 yeah. uh 10 and Oh, he wrote Victor Victoria, mm -hmm. the Pink Panther movies, all of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, by the way, I found a quote of um, how he and Julie Andrews met. Yeah. Uh, I, gotta, I, gotta, I wrote this down. This is so delightful. Um, 
Apparently, Blake Edwards said of Julie Andrews, and he said it, he must have said it in an interview because it got back to Julie, that she is so sweet, violets must grow between her legs. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't even have a fucking vagina. Like, she's just, she's so sweet, violets must grow between her legs. Julie read that and sent him a bouquet of violets with a note. Thanks. So I misheard you. I misheard you at first. I heard violence. I thought you said violence, <laughs> and that is why that was hilarious to me. Violet. Okay. Violet. They're both funny, but I heard violence. She's got a. Yeah. Well. She's got a flower she vajayjay. Will, her, her vagina will murder. Her vagina. <laughs> her vagina will murder you. I don't know which is better, a murdering vagina or a floral vajayjay. I love that she sent him violets as a bouquet, like, I heard what you said about my cooch. Yeah, that is a perfect response. And I love that Julie Andrews is that kind of woman who's like, I'm going to make a vagina joke at you, and that's (laughs) how we're going to meet. Ah, so good. Uh, So yeah, alley dance, that was wonderful. Um, The... Oh, we started talking about the um, the bandstand number. Um, <laughs> that so we we talked about kind of the setup of that, but uh, then yeah, it starts more as like like a like an improv skit almost where they're just like mouth you know making mouth sounds for the the instruments. Yeah. <laughs> mouth noises. Yeah. Um, and then they go into like these really fucking weird dance moves. <laughs> It's bossy um, as fuck. It's, uh, it's very much. Um, and it's just, I don't even know how to describe what they're doing. It's There's, so like, frenetic. Like, it's just... Yeah. I need to check in. Have either of you seen The Pajama Game? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. When you see The Pajama Game, there's going to be a very famous dance number in that that you're going to go... Wait, I've seen something like this before. Because he was he was riffing on stuff he'd already created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and again, that's why they gave him the job. They saw the pajama game, loved what he did, and like, come choreograph for us. So Right. Yeah, there's like these uh weird little like arm shuffle as they're like <laughs> kicking their legs real fast. He's like hunch like, it's like it's almost <laughs> Guys, um, we need to make a Patreon because I just because one of the one of the things we could gift at certain levels is video of what I was trying to do the dance moves. Trying to do it, yeah, and while we're trying to come up with what it is, because um, it's well, um, like hunched over, like knees slightly bent, and like quick feet movement, and like it's almost like a Charleston kind of move where his hands are like crossing over his knees. Well, no, they're like, they're in parallel. Yeah, but like, but they're in opposition to the knees. Yeah, yeah. And um and so these are I mean they're the Fosse arms. Fosse had a thing yeah, for, for sure. dangling oh, yeah. arms. Yeah, yeah. In this case, the, he's hunched over and he's letting them dangle down in front, and they're very stiff, and the shoulders are up by the ears, and it's like it's like they're tiptoeing to pizzicato violins. Only they're dancing. Yeah, they all look wacky, but he just makes it like. Yeah, wacky's a good word for that number. There's also the the kind of they do this like four times at the end where it's like the four of them spread out and they're doing the big like arm and leg thing as they all kind of scooch backwards. Yeah, because I know exactly what you're talking about, but nobody else is gonna know. Being able to see you do the movements while describing them helps. That's sort of in place. 
exaggerated, large, exaggerated running. running in place thing that yeah. people, that you do in dance. But they're doing it as they're moving backwards. Yeah. And then Tommy Rowell's like, let's do it again. So they all run forward <laughs> and then back up again. Like one more time, they run forward and they back up again. But you forgot the part where they all put their arms out Frankenstein monster style and then just sort of hop real quick on their oh, toes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're like double-stepping, right? Well, and they're, they're just sort of just yeah. bouncing on their toes while they're sort of hopping forward. Like, it's not even walking. They're literally fucking hopping. Yeah. They do, and they do that multiple times. Yeah. Yes. It's delightful. There's so much fun stuff. I get the feeling Tommy Rawl had a great time with that number, because if you look, that's the only time he gets to do a Fosse number. He that's he because he dances the alley dance and mm-hmm. then he does that, but he's not in the conga. Right, right. And he <laughs> and he's not in the duet we'll with. The conga. <laughs> um, he's not in the duet with obviously with Janet Lee and Bob Fosse right. would be awkward. Um, and then like even back in Kiss Me Kate, that was Hermes Pan. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the only time Tommy Rawl, at least on film, ever got to do Fosse style choreography, and it's so different than anything else. Yeah. I bet that was just super fun of like, you want me to do what? Nobody <laughs> ever asked me. They asked me to leap thirty feet in the air and turn twenty times. They never asked me to do this. This is great. Right. What it seemed like, and it seemed like at the end of the number when they all collapse on each other on the bandstand, that like, like in we've talked about a few other scenes like it where it just it seems so genuine that they're all really just. Like in the moment, just having. Of course, the way that ends is they all collapse. They're laughing. They have a good time. They start to get up, and both boys go immediately to Eileen. Yeah. And poor Betty Garrett is like, like, she's got her hand up for help, and then she looks yeah. up and realizes that no one's anywhere Fine, near I'll her. Fine, I'll get up myself. I'll get my damn self up. Yeah. So then, uh, the conga number. <laughs> uh, well, before we get to the conga, let's talk about the duet. Oh. It's okay. And well, yeah. I liked. I I think what impressed me about it was that it was like for as syncopated and like the all the percussive thing elements to it, like it was actually like pretty subdued. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it's very small movements and it's very quiet, but it's like I don't know. I thought it was still well, and it's a captivating being it's, that it's way. It's a different kind of love duet. Yeah, because it's not lyrical. I'm gonna fall all over you. It's right. not. It's not fucking Gene Kelly and Brigadoon. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, it's very different, and you can. And you, what I see in it is, it's sort of bittersweet to me because I see Fosse being like, "This is my leading man moment. This is my Brigadoon moment." Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's charming and it's sweet, but it's so small that it doesn't quite... It's really enjoyable to watch. And I love the choreography of it. I love what he and Janet Lee are doing together and the playfulness of it and the syncopation, but it's not Brigadoon. <laughs> it's yeah. it's yeah. not the Heather on the Hill. It's just not. It's not Dancing in the Dark from the bandwagon. Right. Like... Dancing in the Dark, you're like, that's an iconic dance everybody will talk about for years to come. Right. Yeah. I enjoyed it while it was happening. I couldn't tell you much about it now. Like, it, I feel like it's really kind of just like, it's forgettable. I disagree with that. Because you've seen this. Well, I disagree <laughs> because it's... Fosse choreography, and he does, he's doing so much fun things with it, but you're not wrong in that it doesn't emotionally do the work Yeah. in that scene. Like, as a dance piece, I really enjoy it, but in terms of where we are in the story, the two of them are very good together, and yeah. they have a nice chemistry together, but it's it's not passionate. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd have to also disagree with... I mean, it's definitely not iconic. Like, it's not what... You know, I, I can see why it was more or less, like, forgotten, I guess. But, I, like by, I said... By me, almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. As a good example. Um, but, no, I mean, I liked... Yeah, I, like, I just liked... Like I said earlier, I, mean, I just like how, how minimal it was. And it was still effective in that way. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly... It's no conga. Like the quietest of the numbers, yeah. And it's definitely not the conga. <laughs> the visual. So she um, she's going to the pier to do this human interest story on the ship that has just pulled in. And she walks up, and it's a fucking sailing ship. Like, oh, there's yeah. rigging and shit. Yeah, yeah. And all these cadets in full-on white military dress uniforms naval uniforms and she is of course wearing a red skirt and a red blouse oh yeah so that when she gets chased by 50 men in suits at least yeah her in her little red outfit is very visible just running hell-bent in front of them like oh my fucking god i'm about to get gangbanged by the the entire portuguese navy And then, yeah, that she lost most of them on the subway. That's just great. Yeah, by the time she gets to the thing, there's only, about, like I said, about ten of them following her. And she runs in and tries to close the door. And they all push through. They all got, they all got captivated by Miss Train Tracks of August or whatever it was. <laughs> Turnstiles. Well, Turnstiles. Yeah. Train Tracks. Same thing. Train Tracks. Uh, Makes her sound like a junkie. <laughs> Turnstiles isn't, isn't much nicer. And then, uh, <laughs> okay, okay, fair point, fair point. So they all see Janet Lee, and they're like, of course, immediately in love with her. They are uh, like flipping a coin to see who gets to uh, quote quote dance. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, she's uh, um, Betty Garrett's like, oh, they followed me here. I lost most of them on the subway. Uh, there's just these left, and so they. Uh, kind of do this dance for her that I'm uh, the whole time I'm kind of on edge at the beginning like is this going to be racist? (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's the problem with watching these classic (laughs) musicals. I hadn't even considered that but Um, that's a valid point. The racism and misogyny comes in like from sideways and yet you know it's coming from somewhere. Yeah. Fortunately it never really gets that bad because it chooses to be silly instead. Yeah. Um, but it could have been way worse. Um, and so they start doing, I don't remember who says conga first. I'm guessing Betty Garrett does. Cause I'm pretty sure. What? what the... I don't remember how it comes up. Maybe one of them says like, I can't date. Oh no, they pick up. No, it. they, they, one of them, the first one comes up because they flip their coins to see who's going to dance with Eileen. And the yeah. first one comes up and grabs her and pulls her up. And she's like, no, she doesn't rumba. And oh, so she doesn't samba either. No, she doesn't samba either. No, she doesn't conga. Conga! (laughs) Yeah. And then... And so they start doing this conga line, and there's this whole bit of them, like, trying to get them to go... It's it's a really good bit. They, like, get them to conga out the door, and then as they're going out, you see uh, Betty Garrett and Janet Lee and Papa Adopolis all crawling underneath their legs back in. They get everybody out and they close the door. So, of course, they come in through the gar- The conga line comes back in through the garden. Um, and 
think they get them to leave, make, leave maybe one more time. Eventually, that's when, like, other people see them and start coming in. And well, well, yeah, as they're doing and all that shit, people keep looking down through that one yeah, window yeah, right. on the street. Yeah. And they're just like, look, they're having so much fun. And, like, every time it cuts back, there's more and more people out right. there waiting, like, watching. <laughs> um, My favorite part, before they get the, the trick them to leave, yeah. though. I was going to say, you, we, we skipped over an important part of this number. Uh, They get, there's one part where they think they've got everybody out. And they turn off all the lights and try to hide. No, no, it's the explosion that does that. Oh, it's the explosion. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's uh, one of those uh, weird recurring things is it's that it's a running gag. Yeah, yeah. They are um, doing a demolition thing to bore out a tunnel for the subway, right? Yeah, yeah. they're they're yeah. blasting literally underneath yeah. the apartment. Immediately yeah. underneath. And so the apartment shakes every now and then. They have some like. Uh, Fosse comes in and is like, if this isn't true, may I get struck down right here or whatever? And then, like, the, the apartment shakes and ha. Uh, um, and so, some I don't remember what precipitates this, but they have that happen during the middle of the dance. And so, all the lights go out. Um, the shade falls down, so it's a lot dimmer. So it's dimmer. Everybody's like, ah, that was scary. And they all run and hide. Yes. And so, you just see Janet Lee trying to find uh, Betty Garrett, and she's like, um, Ruth? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. She's like, Ruth, Ruth. And she pulls back and like it's underneath the sheet and there's like two two dudes in there. And they run into the bathroom. And then the two women, uh, Betty Garrett comes out of like this little tiny, like it's, it's tall enough for a person, but it's really narrow. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those built, built-in closets that's built out from a wall. Yeah. That's just a little Flimsy wood, wood paneling, yeah. basically. That's maybe three foot by three foot. Right. Maybe. And she comes out and is followed by three other guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where were they and how did she not know they were in there with her? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they follow and her out and she's surprised that they were behind yeah, her. Yeah. And they they go shh and they run back. <laughs> yeah. All then, of a sudden every, they're they're like coming up, tiptoeing up. And so you get a little dun 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 shh. <laughs> and then they run away. And then they run away. This is Bossy just being goofy as shit. It is hilarious and I laughed every time they were like <laughs> also, there's another number in the pajama game that when you see it, you're going to go, oh. Nice. <laughs> BT dubs. I'm excited. The pajama game is great. Um, yeah, so they get the conga out, cops show up. Cops. It's great. Cops, singular. <laughs> the one cop, cop who, who thinks who they're arrests. prostitutes. Is that what it was? Yeah, because... I did not catch Papa, that. Papaopolis tells them that the woman who lived there before did palm readings or something. Oh, yeah. Without a license or something. There were a lot of customers, and it's very clearly some sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And the cop comes by, and he sees these two girls down in there who are talking to drunks. And instead of being like, oh, these drunks are harassing them, he's like... I I don't like this sort of thing in my neighborhood on my beat. So you just keep your noses clean, cause and then Betty Garrett makes a crack of apparently this apartment has a reputation. Yeah. <laughs> and like later on she even says like like how'd you sleep? Well, it, we the only way we could have slept better is if we had put out a neon sign and a shingle, <laughs> advertised for gotcha. the services. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So he's like, they're running some sort of orgy in here. All of you are arrested. Yeah. They're sailors, after all. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that 
Oh, that Kanga number. I am always it's so, so delighted good. how yeah. goofy that it's, is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And what I keep wanting to have happen is Jack Lemon to come in in the middle of it to have that be yet more proof that she really is this wild and yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. character. Right. <laughs> like, oh, the things you do. Tell me about the pilot from Alaska. Yeah, good times. And I love, I kind of love that Tommy Rawls, to me, plays a little bit against type. Um, now, have you two seen... He, okay, he is not a good actor. No, he's not. No, he's, like, his first scene when he's at the counter um, talking to Bob Fosse, I looked over and I was like, he's, like, legit bad in this scene. <laughs> Um, they clearly bring him in to dance. Yeah. And the less he says, the better. Um, have you, you guys haven't seen Seven Brides? No. Okay, because arguably some of his best dancing ever put on film. Um, but yeah, he doesn't talk in that movie either much. <laughs> <laughs> he was cast Dancing as a, a theme dancer. Here. And yeah. He, I don't know if I get used to it as the movie goes on, or if just that yeah. one scene was particularly bad. I think, well, the I rest think of the, it is him smarming all over. Yeah, I was going to say, I think probably that helped. scene was bad, but then it's also like less important how good he acts in the, the other scenes. Yeah, <laughs> like in, yeah, that first scene when he's talking yeah. to Bob Fosse, I was just like, ooh, this is uncomfortably bad. I don't know, it doesn't bother me, I guess, because he just seems like such a low life anyway. That yeah. That is it bad acting or is it just you? There I think are it's just people, bad acting. Well, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I kind of enjoy because he's sort of sweet and lovable in Seven Brides. He's um he's a con man, but a lovable con man in Kiss Me, Kate. And in this, he's just he's just a kind of scummy and I kind of enjoy kind of trash in this movie <laughs> I kind of enjoy like oh look at you doing something different yeah also those shoulder pads in that jacket were enormous did we notice that which one all of his jackets I like the uh yeah. the, like purple jacket that he had for dinner the purplish blue one mm-hmm. uh that he, that he wore to dinner especially because he wore it with that tie yeah <laughs> that did not go with that jacket. Nope. Um, it was. I was like, "Ooh, that jacket's a bold choice." Ooh, so's that tie. <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> then again, Betty Garrett's dress when she goes to dinner at oh, Bob's. The shoulder one. Yeah. With the little that one's little really flowers good. and her green wrap that's lined with the same fabric. I did not so... realize it was lined with the same fabric until she comes home, and I was like, "What happened to her green?" And then she like kind of turns yeah. it. Yeah. Like, oh, same. And she's wearing those lovely little pearls that just really look so nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, girl, you look so good. I uh, I was really tickled by she. So her, um, all of her other dresses pretty much have that like collar that comes to kind of a, almost a so peak in the back. It's a flipped up collar. The 50s flipped up collar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes to almost a peak in the back, but then it's like real, like the Collar almost goes out to her shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's these huge collars on it. Um, and then Janet Lee has, like, the one dress where it looks like she's wearing a cape. Um, like, yeah. Like, early on. Um, oh, it's, like, the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's... The costumes are really good. Yeah, there's some really wonderful 50s dresses. And I really enjoy that, for the most part, when the two of them are together, <laughs> um, Janet Lee's wearing a, a dress that highlights her femininity. And yes. Betty Garrett is wearing something that's a little bit more 
um, workmanlike or businesslike right. or matronly in that it's a little bit more buttoned up and with a bow around the neck. And But then when she goes to dinner with Bob, it's like off the shoulder, yeah. showing off her collarbone, and I'm like, oh, girl, look at you. Get <laughs> um, I uh, just forgot what I was going to say. Well, I was giggling at... <laughs> So the number where she's like, no, the first number she sings, no, but no man likes me. I just need oh, to accept it. It starts with her doing these exercises that honestly <laughs> God, look yeah. like they're just going to, she's going to wrench her back with some of this. And then she goes up to this wall. First off, she starts doing this and I'm like, you are going to knock that wall over. That is, this apartment not is not well met. Not load bearing. <laughs> Also, whoever made this set is going to be pissed off at you if you hit that any harder. <laughs> and when she she stands against it and she's hip bumping the wall, like slamming her hip into it. What's interesting is that's something you do early in roller derby to learn how to hit with your hip first. Yeah. And so I'm just going, what is she doing? <laughs> why is how she, is this relevant? Why is she hip checking the wall? I. What's happening? And then she goes to do the other side and she's like, oh, forget it, let it spread. <laughs> So let's consider that in the 50s, they thought that the way to keep from getting fat on your hips was to just bang your hips against yeah, the wall and smash shove, it down. shove the fat in. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> it's so ri- ridiculous. Uh, and then she proceeds to do this wonderful beauty regime where she puts her front hair in a curler and a hairnet on her head, hair and little bits of tape on one dimple and between her eyebrows, so it doesn't crease, right? Right. And then puts cold cream over that. Yes. And then does one of those things that you wrap around your jowls to keep pressure on them, to tighten them up or something. Sure. (laughs) She goes outside and scares a child. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I was going to bring up is actually that scene... um, they have matching pajamas. Yeah. Um, the sisters do. But she is in the pajama top and bottom, and then Janet Lee comes out and it's just like the top and underwear. Yeah. <laughs> oh well they're they're little shorts, but they're they're oh, like they're bathing real, they're trunk short shorts. shorts. Oh they're like I thought they were just like them. underwear yeah. and I was like Same. No, it's it's clearly matching, but it's one of those where the top goes down to below the hips and the little but it was also it was just Matching funny to me because it's like because even she, she even has a sexy version of those pajamas. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, mat, that's yeah. a, that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Oh, I'm in my pajamas, and that's when Rec comes in, and they're both like, "We're in our pajamas, and you just walked into our apartment." Yeah. That was pretty. Meanwhile, weird. I'm in my pajamas right now. <laughs> <laughs> like you should be. Um, I'm wearing the. The exact thing that Janet Lee was wearing yep. in that scene. The shorts <laughs> that you can't even see. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was interesting, so this is 55, and the musical was on its way out. But the head of Columbia loved what Fosse did so much. He told he offered him anything Fosse wanted. I will buy you a house. I will give you anything you want if you will stay out here and choreograph for me. Of course, Fosse was still like, choreographers don't get famous, dancers and performers get famous. And he still wanted to make it as a performer very badly. Um, So number one, 
I don't want to be famous as a choreographer. That's not a thing that happens. Number two, the musical is dying. And number three, they want me back on Broadway. Um, and it didn't help that while they were on the production tour, the um, public publicity tour, doing the publicity rounds for this, they were told to downplay that there was singing and dancing in it. <laughs> That's how much the musical format was dying. Just uh, don't mention that they're just, singing and yeah, dancing. Maybe don't lead to that you or mention it. Leave it out. Then why make it a fucking musical to start with? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, wasn't that the whole thing? Because one of the things I read while we were watching it was that they um, had an attorney. His whole job was to make sure that nothing... Um, was uh like in in w- was copyright infringing mm-hmm. um that like musical numbers were moved to different places um so it wasn't so obviously oh this number in wonderful town mm-hmm. we're going to do this number that exactly. does the exact same thing in the same spot in the story. so it's like why did you even bother them why didn't you just make a play or a movie like a regular movie and not a musical granted not complaining because we got what we got and it's yeah. delightful. Yes. But like, if you're that concerned and you're that like, shh, don't tell anybody they're singing and dancing in it. Why? Why even do it? <laughs> well, Why then, spend all the money to do well, it? But then they were offering Fosse anything you wanted to stay in choreograph. <laughs> so like, it was clear that maybe they thought it was a blip that had come back. Because let's remember... It's not like the musicals ever have died out on Broadway. Right. So even though they come and go in what's a, like okay to put on film, it's clearly an art form that a vast majority of the population still likes. Right. So I can see that they might have been like, ah, no, it's like we just need to find the right musical. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? So... Um, that was my sister Eileen, guys. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we talk about our favorite numbers? I think we covered it. It was, it was yeah. wonderful. It's great. It's it's just, it's, it's fucking, it's a silly movie. Yeah. And so much of it, it's so cool. What I think is really cool about it is the fact that, like, I don't think a movie like this would get made today. There's Because it's just so light. Um. Well, that it's light and that... Someone, I don't, we don't really have a current day analog really to Betty Garrett, but like her being the, essentially the lead of the movie is such a fucking weird choice. (laughs) And I love it because she's so great in it, but like who, who, who does that? Who puts the, first off, this actress that hasn't worked in six years at this point, um, she's not a leading lady. Like Janet Lee's the leading lady. Mm-hmm. Um, she's but that's a, the fun of the the show is that the leading lady isn't the leading lady for sure. Um, and uh, it's just bananas that this thing ever even somebody was like, yeah, this is a great idea. <laughs> well, remember they didn't want Betty Garrett, but by the time it got down to it, they're like, well, this is what we got, so we got to make it work. And she's so great. Like I'm glad it worked out that way. Although there's a part of me that's like. Mm, Rosalind Russell. Except you can see Rosalind Russell basically in the role. So the next movie in the Fosse Apocalypse would be The Pajama Game. That's yep. going to be next week. Um, but part of me wants to take a sideways tour and watch Wonderful Town just to compare it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we'll we'll go on to The Pajama Game. Uh, thoughts, Vinny? Yeah, I mean, I, we 
kind of covered it. I mean, I think that having seen it with Betty Garrett, like I don't know how it would work without her. But it's also Who else? yeah. Right. But it's also bizarre that this, like you said, that it. How did it? You know, how did this come together in this way? Because it's just yeah. It would. I don't think it could ever happen again. And if someone tried to make it an analog in this day and age, like it, it wouldn't land. I'm just like trying just, to think who we even have working right now. That sort of character actor who's got the chops to be a leading lady yeah. in a very specific role. Yeah. The problem is, I mean, I guess maybe like a Kristen Wiig. That's, that's that's kind of, that was like the closest yeah. I can think of. you got to go to the comedic actresses. Yeah, yeah. But even she has had like leading roles. That's weird. It's re- it's just such a fucking yeah, weird. Yeah, but they're comedic leading roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she patented Kristen Wiig awkward <laughs> leading roles. Right, right. Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing her in like a remake of this. I'd watch that. Yeah, I, I think watch, she'd be pretty great. I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, hearing her say, "I'm more attractive than men think I am." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but important. The most important thing is to find the Portuguese captain who's going to say, "Where are my naughty Where are my boys?" Naughty boys. <laughs> oh, he's the consulate. Pardon me. Um, yeah. Okay. So, favorite number. You start. Uh, I mean, clearly it's the bandstand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I already seen the alley dance. I think that one is. That one's so fucking impressive because it's just showing off what the two of these, like, fucking masters can do. But I have to agree, the band dance, uh, the bandstand dance is yeah. so fucking fun. I mean, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, it's, like, technically impressive. It's amazing. I'm glad I saw it. That's It's iconic, but... But, like, I feel like I could watch the bandstand dance a hundred yeah. times and never get tired of it. Like, it's so <laughs> silly and, and... We're just having such a good time. Dumb. Yeah. Like, this whole movie is fucking wacky. dumb. Wacky. <laughs> wacky. Is, yeah, wacky. Wacky is the word we're going with for that one. I'm going to go with the conga because it just makes... <laughs> that one, too. For the same reason. Yeah. It makes me giggle just watching... Watching them tiptoe around. <laughs> yeah, like crawling in on their hands and knees just to sneak up and oh, go. <laughs> let's all remember when they turn around and they're doing the conga while crawling. Yeah. Like they yes. crawl, 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 and they kick their leg out yes. doing some sort of like, fire hydrant exercise back there. Da 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 kick. Da 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 kick. And it's it's hilarious, but at the same time, there's something sort of creepy about it that I'm yeah, like, yeah. I kind of want a dance zombie movie now. Like, we got the zombie musical with Anna and the Apocalypse, but, like, a dance zombie movie yeah. where the dancing becomes creepy and upsetting because it just keeps coming after you. <laughs> my brain is odd. Okay, so, listeners, that was uh, my sister Eileen. We highly recommend that you seek it out. It is yeah, it's worth, if you can find it somewhere. Go to your library, worth check, check it out. Check it out. If you can... I don't know if you can, we didn't look on Amazon, I don't think, but if you could get it for five or seven bucks or something like that, fucking grab it. It's so worth it. Check your half-price books. Check your half-price yeah. books. Uh, fuck, pay ten bucks for it. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> it's not my money. Uh, <laughs> but, no, it's definitely worth it. If you see it somewhere for a reasonable price, pick it up, because it's... It's definitely worth watching. Yeah, and it's rewatchable. Like oh, yeah. it's the type For of movie. Sure. That I it's... already want to rewatch like those two numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I'm always so happy when people love shit I love. All right, so um, as usual, 
Oh, rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Listen to our jam. Yeah. You get the re- you get the remix <laughs> afterwards. Um yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Um, tell us, yeah, tell us what you like, what you don't like, Twitter, what you want to see, whatever. what you haven't seen. Just or tell us some anything. Like just fucking talk to us, man. We're just lonely, <laughs> lonely sad people. All we do is talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> to deal with these two. <laughs> I have to put up I have to I have to put up with these meatheads. Oy. Did we all notice Fosse's uh New York accent? That he was oh that's I felt like it kind of came and went. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly laughs> but he's the only one who's putting on a New York accent in the whole movie. Right. Yeah, that's true. Oh, God bless you, Fosse. Also they kept talking about going back to Ohio and it just made me want to sing <laughs> last five years. <laughs> like <laughs> Summer in Ohio. We, we should go back to Ohio. But it wouldn't be as nice as a summer in Ohio where I'm sharing a room with a former stripper and her snake. Wayne. Oh, my God. Do you know a stripper there <laughs> with a snake? <laughs> Named Wayne. Named Wayne. All right. So we will, um, next week, it's the pajama game. So yeah, listeners, yeah. if you want to watch in advance, that's a yeah, good one. That. That musical is one of the ones that has been lost in time in a way that absolutely makes me furious because I think it's a fucking brilliant piece of theater. Anyway, I'll, you'll hear all about that next week. All right. <laughs> I've been Wendy. I'm, I'm Vinny. I'm Mike. And we'll talk to you later. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education.